Good morning. Jenny, I hope you can hear this. That was a wonderful song, <clears throat> an encouraging song. A blessing. I hope everyone is well, or is as well as they can be this morning. <clears throat> that song just reminded me <clears throat> how wonderful our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, and how truly messed up the world out there is and getting worse by the day. But uh, thank God. My uh, title of the message today is God's Will, How Beneficial It Is for Our Christian Life Today. And I think uh, about this present world and I, I think about how many men and women are seeking and longing for something, anything, always trying, but apart from Christ, never succeeding. And uh, as I was preparing the message, I just hit the search button and um, just threw in their personal growth. And for those of you who understand computers, I got six million hits. Well, I guess there is a need. So then I tried uh, self-improvement, eight million. So I said, wow, that's bigger than I thought. So I finally, just for the heck of it, put the term self-help books in, self-help books. And I got 200 million <laughs> hits. So it's not an understatement to say we live in a needy world. And um, I'm just always amazed how disliked Christianity is by most of Hollywood. I say most because there's, there's, there is, apart from Hollywood, some wonderful producers of movies with a Christian perspective. There is a, a fellow who um, isn't really, it isn't really Christian, but he's gravitated from the rest of his family that's very famous and gone to things that will be pleasing and he really realizes there's a market for us crazy Christians. His name is Larry Levine. Maybe some of you know him. But I hope today to sort of let us remember, possibly realize, maybe there's some of you here today that really haven't spent much time in churches, um, maybe at one time or another was involved in religion, which trust me is not like Christianity. But I hope to show that this truly is the best self-help book you can ever find 
And to this day, to this very day, nothing comes close in sales compared to this book. It still sells because it still works. So let's just take a moment and pray before we read the scripture this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that we come before you thanking you for the life we have in you, for the hope we have in you, and for the future we have in you when we know you. And I pray this morning for anyone who does not yet know you personally as their Lord and Savior, then they just haven't discovered how much you love them, how much you want to rescue them, and how much you want to give them purpose, wonderful purpose for their lives. And for our brothers and sisters, may your word just encourage them in this time with the loss of our dear brother, Don, and encourage in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me to the book of Romans? Chapter 12, we'll start with verse 1. Very familiar to um, most, if not all. Um, the emphasis today is on God's will for our lives. And... You know, as people go and they uh, look for jobs, they look for benefit packages, don't they, nowadays? What, what can this job give me for myself, for my family, for my future? But today I hope to show how great the benefits are for us as Christians in this life. When we, when we understand God's will, and follow it. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. May the Lord just bless the reading of his scripture. First, I'd like to take a look at, in all simplicity, what is God's will? What is God's will? I like to think of it as God's perfect plan for each one of us in our lives. Many people might have a perspective of God's will for us. Huh? I mean, Hollywood will do that every chance they get. That's about all we see, tyrannical God, and then a bunch of Christians crazies, and you know, we're wandering around weird, strange. I mean, it's just amazing. I don't think they've ever portrayed anybody in a good light that is a Christian. For God to accomplish his will, I'm stating the obvious here, but it's true, he needs complete control. 
Now you say, oh, hi, gee whiz, I don't know about that. You know, complete control. You know, some of us like to drive, don't we? Some of us aren't really good passengers, are we? We like to control the trip. Fortunately, I have a lot of friends, close friends, dear friends, they don't want to drive, so it's a perfect fit. <laughs> but in many things in life, we like control. We like to make sure. So this can, can sometimes be a little bit threatening. But here's the glorious thing when we take the time to study our God. He's sovereign. In other words, he's in control of everything. Nothing happens but that he isn't aware of it. So he's sovereign. He's all-powerful, isn't he? He's all-knowing. He's very loving. He's very merciful. And he gives us a little hint in his word to calm our hearts with this control issue. I came from John. I came that they might have life. And did it stop there? No. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. It's like a little strobe light going off. Another one of his attributes is infinite. He's infinite, which in all simplicity means limitless. He is literally limitless, right? So everything about God is limitless. And the last point we want to look at about him and realizing the control issue is before he created the world, one, he knew he was going to create each and every one of us. Wow, that's kind of big. He knew what was going to take place in each and every one of our lives, good and bad. He knew if we were going to really trust him. So that's the kind of God we have. He knows. And praise be to God, he loves us, and he simply wants to give us the best. But he needs control. Now, the first and most obvious step to have control of our lives, for him to carry out his desire for our life, or God's will, is we must be born again. Pure and simple. Religious won't work. Member in good standing won't work. Great tither won't work. Great servant won't work. Head of the Red Cross won't work. Nothing except being born again. And I, just over and over, I just can't find another scripture that explains it in all simplicity. I know I use that word a lot, but it's true because I'm not a heavy intellect, then Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man, 
For with the heart, excuse me, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That's the transaction. Like everything else with God, it isn't complicated. We complicate things. He doesn't complicate things. And there's a song I love that so expresses, I think most if not all who have come to Christ, when they do come to Christ, that time expresses so wonderfully how we feel. And the title is, Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. And it goes like this, oh what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross, the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away. My night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. An amazing thing is once he starts to affect his will in our lives as Christians, and, and we cooperate, it never ends. Literally. Not here, not there. Because that's the wonderful fringe benefit of being a Christian. We have eternal life, don't we? And he's there for us constantly. Now, I don't know about you, but of all the job packages, of all the different benefits this world has to offer, I don't see anything coming close to the benefit of eternal life. Amen? Amen. How can we know God's will? How can we really know it? Again, to know God's will is not complicated. But oh, how we can complicate it. But it isn't complicated at all. God's will is explained to us by the Holy Spirit. We're not left to, to think things by ourselves. God gave us, the minute we're born again, the Spirit of God resides in us. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand the Word of God, which is the map or the blueprint for our life. The Holy Spirit, when in control, gives us not only vitality, but gives us stability. There was a great message by Sylvia on Thursday if you didn't hear it, go home and listen to it. There is nothing worse than leading an unstable life. 
whether it be emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually. But God gives the whole package. And one of the fringe benefits God gives us when we're saved, and the memory class people could all stand up and just shout it from the housetops, but control yourselves, is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, or love, excuse me, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Pretty good benefit. Imagine that. He gives us love, not like the love of the world. He gives us the ability, some of us, for the first time in our life, to love those who simply are unlovable. How about that? Boy, that's a miracle, speaking from personal experience. Um, goodness. He can make us faithful when we're anything but. The ability, the character is there the minute the transformation takes place. It may take a while for it to take, happen, but it's there. That's a gift. That's a benefit he gives us. That's just pretty darn awesome. This world can't, can't give you anything close to that. He can give you experiences, and some of them seem really good at the time, but they really don't last, do they? And most of them, if not all, end up making us miserable before it's done. God tells us to pray for his will. Oh, you say, how do you know that? How, how do you know that? Well, we know that from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, from the Lord's Prayer. Pray then in this way, Jesus says. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is the verification for God's will. And we should desire God's will because it's good. It really is good. David gives us a great example in Psalm 40, verse 8. He doesn't just say it's okay, or it's good. No. What does he say? I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. And look what a great life David had. Again, a verification, a benefit. How can we start to do God's will each day? Some of you know me, have already figured this scripture out. We find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. All the motivational speakers in the world can't come close on this one. They really can't. It can motivate you for a while. They can change these things for a while. But most just kind of gravitate back. 
But this little package, this is the real deal. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we can start off the day, no matter what is headed, we're headed for, if we can find a way to rejoice. Now, what's a way, let's just say you're going to work and you know it's going to be bad. Or mom's at home with the herd, forgive me, for the wonderful little soft, gentle children. <laughs> kind of looks like today's going to be a tough one. How do we rejoice at that? Here's how we rejoice. We realize who is with us every step of the way. He's with us. He's in us. And moms and dads with kids sometimes, you know it's a miracle when you be patient. Because it just doesn't come easily, does it? But we can. We can be patient. We can be merciful. We can be loving. Prayer without ceasing. Prayer without ceasing. Prayer is conversation with our God, isn't it? And we can have that anywhere. And we should. Yes, we should have that time in the morning that sets us straight, personally speaking, hopefully you'll agree with me, before we go out to whatever it is we're going to encounter. That's a wonderful time of conversation and worship with our Lord. But any time during the day we can converse with Him, and should. And if you say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, if you were here Friday night for the movie, Letters to God, well, then you know you can't. Because we don't have what that little boy had, and he had terminal cancer. And every day he wrote a letter to God. Every day. And let me tell you, some of his days weren't so good. But he wrote his letters. Please go see it if you haven't. Pick up the DVD. Here's another wonderful one that he gives us. Another benefit, so to speak. God gives us godly leaders in our church that can help show us God's will. Proverbs 19.20 Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Sometimes we don't always start out with God's will. Sometimes we slip away from God's will. But boy, when we get back on course, the rest of our days are good, aren't they? Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Counsel from godly leaders, mature Christians, is good. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. Not true. God confirms it. God's will is so beneficial to our lives. 
God blesses us and continually wants to bless us, but you know, if he encounters stubbornness, he won't wrestle with us. He'll let us have our way. But remember, when we have obedience to God's will, another benefit, we not only are stable, he gives us confidence, doesn't he? He gives us confidence. Life isn't so frightening with Christ. And always remember that it's the devil who is out there to rob us of our peace and our joy. That is never anything that our God would do for us or to us. God gives confidence. Psalm 56, verse 4. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? That's some courage there. And that's what God can give us. Another benefit. It is God who supplies us with something we never, ever had before Calvary. No one. Nada. And that is peace. Oh, what a glorious experience. John 14, 27 says it so wonderfully. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Peace. What a great benefit that is. I have a quote here. It goes like this. I wanted to go. He said, stay. I wanted to do. He said, pray. I wanted to work. He said, wait. I wanted to live for his name's sake. Love me, child. He softly said, Oh, yes, Lord. And I bowed my head. I want your way. I am your son. Not my will. But thine be done. Remember, God has given us free will. In each and every individual born on the face of the earth, part of God's creation is the ability to have free will. We choose. If we rebel against God's will and choose our own way, we will grieve and quench the Holy Spirit and we will lose our stability. Same when we sin and we don't confess it quickly. Life becomes miserable, doesn't it? 
And yet when we let him have his way, oh man, life is good. It is just wonderful. Another quote. It is God's will that I should cast my care on him each day. He also asked me not to cast my confidence away. But oh, how stupidly I act when taken unaware, I cast away my confidence and carry all my care. The result, when we don't let him continue to bless us and take care of our life. So we come up with a question, is God's will, is refusing God's will an option? Well, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. But it is, there is that option. But there's a song that I like that kind of sets things straight. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. To be what? Happy. happy. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Again, it's not complicated. It's pretty darn simple. So we have to ask ourselves, why would anyone not want God's will in their life? Obviously, we know if, if you're, you're here today or anybody else who does not know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, well, that's not an issue for that person. So that's the question we have to ask Christians. One, they've lost their first love. Something has interfered with that affection we have for our God and Him taking us through life according to his will. Could be a child. Could be a spouse. Could be a friendship. Could be a job. Could be ambition. Could be the desire to chase a dream that really isn't practical. Or an aspiration. or many other things, but their importance supersedes our loving God. Or they become a whole lot more involved in this present world than with their Savior. Some, it really comes up that they don't want to give up that control because they're a rebellious person and they're full of pride. And we know where pride comes from, comes from the devil. It's what ushered him out of heaven, didn't it? He wanted God's job. And he doesn't like it when we come to Christ and he'll do anything to hinder our walk 
so that we can't touch other people with our lives. He'll do anything. He'll try anything. Because if we can get off with God, we're not going to be sensitive to the needs of people. We're not going to be, have our ear open when somebody is in, is in trouble. And then, of course, there's always those people that watch us, don't they? They're watching us. They're not those Christians. They're not really the real deal. And when that kind of thing happens, it tarnishes things, doesn't it? Last, maybe these Christians simply don't trust God. It's down to that. They don't trust God. They came to Christ with a problem with authority. They haven't given it up. Oh, they can come to church. They can study their Bibles. They can learn a lot of knowledge. But there's not a transformation of our character that's in such desperate need, each and every one of us, when we come to Christ. And how wonderful it is. I remember once a guy told me, that drove with me one day, and I'd been a Christian for a few years. And he says, I gotta tell you, well, I've really heard some bad stories about you. But I'm not seeing it today. And I said, trust me, they're all true. A few years ago, you wouldn't want to know me. You wouldn't want to have been around me. But Jesus Christ came into my life and changed this old rascal. But they don't want to do that. So they don't get the benefits package. That's so wonderful. That's such a blessing. Here's a quote. Sooner or later, you will find that it is harder to refuse the will of God than to surrender yourself to it. Let me read that again. Sooner or later, you will find that it is harder to refuse the will of God than to surrender yourself to it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, just before I pray, I just want to share one other little song with you. It's, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Search me and try me, Savior, today. Wash, wash me just now, Lord. Wash me just now. As in thy presence, humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me, 
my Savior divine. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Hold over my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only, always, living in me. Still with eyes closed and heads bowed. If there's anyone here this morning that does not yet know Jesus Christ or realizes maybe I've just been sort of going to church, maybe I've been a little religious, but I, I, I realize now that I don't have this kind of relationship with the living God, that I never really prayed to be saved. If there's anyone here that desires that today, just please raise your hand for a moment, put it down, and I'll acknowledge and pray for you. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? And for my dear brothers and sisters, if you, if you find yourself this morning in need of prayer, because maybe he hasn't really had absolute sway, hasn't fully been in control, and you realize you want that to change, you want me to pray for you, just take a moment and slip up your hand. Yes, I see you. Anyone else, and I'll pray for you. All eyes are bowed, or all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed. Nobody knows. Is there anyone else that wants me to pray for them? Yes, I see your hand. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we've had such a wonderful opportunity to come and look at your scriptures again and realize how wonderful it is, how marvelous it is to have you as our God, to have that blessed hope, to have that future in heaven. We just thank you now, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>